Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and disasters and figure out who's to blame. Today we will be talking about the death of Marilyn Monroe. Now, she was one of Hollywood's biggest icons, and um, she was actually a very tragic figure. So here's what you need to know. Marilyn Monroe was an American actress, model, and singer. Traditionally cast as the blonde bombshell in Hollywood films, she captured the attention of the world with her performances in movies like The Seven Year Itch, Some Like It Hot, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, and Bus Stop, among many others. She performed in over 30 films, and to this day, over 50 years after her death, she remains one of the world's biggest icons. I always say a kiss on the hand might feel very good, but a diamond tiara lasts forever. Marilyn was born on June 1st, 1926, in Los Angeles, California. 
She was named Norma Jean Baker, but her last name was soon changed to Mortensen. She was the daughter of Gladys Pearl Baker and an unknown father. Weeks after her birth, her mother couldn't care for her and placed her in a foster home in Hawthorne, California. Marilyn would bounce back and forth from 11 foster homes throughout her childhood. She kept in touch with her mother, who spent lengths of time in mental institutions and was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. In 1942, at the age of 16, Marilyn married her legal guardian's neighbor's son, James Doherty, in an attempt to exit the foster care system. James enlisted in the Army, and Marilyn, who had dropped out of Van Nuys High School, worked at a radio plane factory ensuring parachute safety and preparing planes for flight. It was there that Marilyn was discovered by photographer David Conover. Marilyn was a natural in front of the camera and shortly after signed up to be a model at a modeling group. By early 1946, she had appeared in over 33 magazine covers. By then, her marriage to James Doherty was over and she was rising to fame. She settled on the name Marilyn Monroe, Monroe being her mother's maiden name. This would become her alter ego. Young lady, you don't fool me one bit. I'm not trying to, but I bet I could. Marilyn became the second woman to run her own production company, Marilyn Monroe Productions, which she started with photographer Milton Green and retained 51% of its stock. In 1954, she married retired Yankees baseball center fielder Joe DiMaggio. But that marriage only lasted a few months. And in 1956, she married American playwright Arthur Miller. Marilyn suffered multiple miscarriages and fell into a deep depression during her five years married to Miller. And in 1961, the couple obtained a Mexican divorce. Marilyn then returned to Hollywood. On the evening of Sunday, August 5th, 1962, Marilyn had a quiet dinner at home with her press agent and friend, Pat Newcomb. The timeline of that night is such that he is thought to have left by 7 p.m. She was also visited at some point by her psychiatrist, Dr. Ralph Greenson. Then, around 7.30 p.m., her housekeeper and companion, Eunice Murray, saw her go into her room with a phone in her hand and lock the door behind her. It is believed that she then spoke on the telephone with actor Peter Lawford, who later told police that she was slurring and in low spirits. She also spoke on the phone with Joe DiMaggio Jr., her ex-stepson. When questioned by investigators, he contradicted Lawford's account and described Marilyn as being in high spirits. At 3 a.m., Eunice woke up and noticed the light in Marilyn's room was still on. Sensing something might be wrong, she called Dr. Greenson and rushed over. The doctor broke into her room through a window and found Marilyn lying face down, nude, with the phone receiver in her hand. Marilyn Monroe was dead. It is believed she died from an overdose of barbiturates. She was 36 years old. Don't you know that a man being rich is like a girl being pretty? You might not marry a girl just because she's pretty, but my goodness, doesn't it help? And if you had a daughter, wouldn't you rather she didn't marry a poor man? But I was... You'd want her to have the most wonderful things in the world and to be very happy. Oh, why is it wrong for me to want those things? Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats. 
At the time of her death, Marilyn Monroe's films had grossed over $200 million. By the time that Marilyn was found, she had been dead an estimated six to eight hours. According to the LA Times, an empty bottle found among several medicines beside her bed had contained 50 nimbutal capsules. The prescription was issued only two or three days before, and the capsules were to be taken in doses of one per night. After her autopsy, the coroner called her death a, quote, possible suicide. just taking a quick little break to remind you to review, rate, subscribe. It's really important to us and it helps us spread the word about our podcast. Here's a review we got recently. It's from Shiz Alumni and they say, I'm an essential healthcare worker listening at work. I enjoy lighthearted discussion of tragedy. That's what happens in a hospital on a pretty regular basis. I don't always agree with the verdict, but it's fun to hear everyone talk it out and argue their point of view. I also like that the opinions of the hosts and guests are often always slayed during the course of the show. Thanks for the laughs during this crazy times. Thank you so much uh, for being an essential worker, and thank you so much for rating and reviewing. Now back to our show. So with us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Thanks for having me back, Rebecca. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi, I'm here again as well. And we uh, have actor, writer, podcaster Lauren Lapkus with us. Today. Hello. Yay. Yay. Welcome. <laughs> Those are claps. <laughs> um, so, Lauren, you actually have a film coming out on Netflix called The Wrong Missy. Is that correct? Yes, that is you correct. You asked that like it's, it's an interrogation. It is correct. <laughs> I'm scared. Um, <laughs> Yes or no? <laughs> it's a it's a Netflix movie made by uh, Happy Madison, the Adam Sandler's company, and starring me and David Spade in a fun, crazy rom com. I mean, rom coms are exactly what we need right it, now. This movie is perfect for just completely forgetting about the world's problems because it's completely insane. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive right in um, and start talking about what we think is to blame for the death of Marilyn Monroe. Now, in researching about her and learning about her, I really found myself having to stop and take mm-hmm. breaks because it was a hard thing to stomach someone who had such a difficult life and so many people that really took advantage of her. Well, and hearing what you said about like her mom was was a paranoid schizophrenic in mental institutions and she like didn't have a father and she was in the foster care system. Like I didn't know all of that about her story and that's the fact that she was able to like become like a huge star from that kind of past is like incredible. She really was a hustler in a lot of ways. And she she overcame so much. And, you know, let's talk about her childhood, because obviously she had a lot of childhood trauma that she had to overcome. So it, we have to say that in, in these foster homes, she, quote, according to Biography.com, endured sexual, sexual assault on several locations, and she later said that she had been raped when she was 11 oh, years God. old. Jesus so, Christ. Very traumatic. According to the New York, New York Times, shortly before her 11th birthday, Norma Jean went to live in Van Nuys with Grace, her mother's friend who had become her legal guardian, and her fourth husband. 
Irwin Doc Goddard, a sporadically employed aircraft worker. But the arrangement did not last. Doc, who drank heavily, made sexual advances at Norma Jean, so Grace shipped the child off to another foster home. By the time Norma Jean was 12, she had been assaulted in at least two of these homes and possibly others. Through all of this horror, one thing appeared to sustain the poor abused child. Under Grace's tutelage, she had become completely absorbed in the fantasy of the movies. Grace persisted in her promise that the future would be different. One day, Norma Jean would be a star and no one would dare mistreat her again. So are we putting what child to trauma on the board? I think we should. Yeah, I think for sure. I feel like um, from like what I have known about her, which is basically nothing and just going like, oh, she's like a starlet who died of a drug overdose. You know, when someone like does something like that at 36, it's so young. It makes you think that there was some real big trauma that happened. Like to me, the childhood stuff is definitely very important in that story. Like maybe there maybe that had a huge effect on her. And I also think that there is, you know, we might have to put her mom up on the board as well. Yeah. If you're going to put the mom up, I would also maybe maybe we should also just to for conversation put up uh, her caretaker, the woman who kept uh, shifting her and yeah, Grace, Grace. Uh, who kept uh, moving her in and out of these foster homes. We should also put the foster care system, yeah. I guess, because they should have uh, intervened. So we should talk about um, her grandmother and the history of mental illness in her family, according to Biography.com. Perhaps the most horrific incident of Norma Jean's infancy involved her grandmother. In July of 1926, Della May reportedly attempted to smother Norma Jean with a pillow. Yes, this is the grandmother who actually died shortly after, you'll see. On August 4th, 1927, she was committed to the Norwalk State Hospital. She died 19 days later from a heart failure during a manic seizure, a victim of what Marilyn's mother, Gladys, and Marilyn herself came to regard as the curse of mental illness in her family. So Marilyn was actually said to be very worried that she would also suffer from a similar mental illness like her mother and her grandmother. I don't know how much would be known at the time about stuff like that, but I know that schizophrenia can often set in like in your 20s, or that's when you start to see signs of it. So I feel like that would be a really scary thing to have a link to because there's that feeling of like a ticking clock or something. Later in her life, they, they, there are accounts of her acting paranoid, but she also had a lot of reason to act paranoid. Right. So it wasn't all in her head. So it's hard to tell if she actually did have some kind of schizophrenia or if she was just anxious about it happening and then there were other factors yeah or like drug use like maybe at the time she was like addicted to something and acting strange because she was on pills or something should we put like a fear of mental illness yeah i think that's good it's it gets kind of complicated because okay so if somebody's exhibiting signs of mental illness like what they did back in those days was like take some of the shit like you'll chill out and you'll like figure it out tomorrow there what there just wasn't enough of like attention and like therapies and just like more um like long-term sort of treatment uh you know for for isolating and understanding like mental illness so yeah i mean it to me it was like she was a victim of the times a little bit because if she were sick like she was then in into now. The, now it yeah. might might be treated way yeah. differently. Should we call that lack of mental health resources? 
Yeah, I would add like sexism to that because I think at the time, like people were not that excited to explore women's mental health. Yeah, it was a slight improvement from like the 1800s <laughs> when you would just be called a hysterical, <laughs> just, like, sla- slapped and sent to like a yeah. mental institution. I mean, they were performing lobotomies right. at this time. Um, and I think we do have to put uh, addiction up on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, according to Good Housekeeping, Marilyn struggled with depression and prescription drug addiction. And in February of 1961, she was admitted to a psychiatric hospital in New York for, quote, exhaustion. Her ex-husband, Joe DiMaggio, helped get her released. Isn't so that, she, they wouldn't let her go. did that happen to, I want to say, Demi Lovato and Lindsay Lohan? I think they both went to the hospital for exhaustion at a certain point. Yes. Like, what is the behavior that gets you to that point? And then people are like, you're exhausted. I think exhaustion is code for rehab. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe you should put exhaustion up on the board. (laughs) Now, according to New York Times, Miss Monroe wound up as a virtual recluse. This is after the um, stint at the... Uh, hospital. This was a portrait drawn by neighbors hours after the death of the actress. Quote, hardly any of her of our neighbors have seen her more than once or twice in the six months since she had moved into her two bedroom bungalow. And so so she was not going in and out of the house. For several years, heading into the early 1960s, Monroe had had been dependent on amphetamines, barbiturates, and alcohol, and she experienced uh, various mental health problems that included depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, chronic insomnia. She had acquired a reputation of being difficult at work, and she frequently delayed productions by being late to film sets, in addition to having trouble remembering her lines. By 1960, this behavior was adversely affecting her career. Wow. That's so interesting. Um, I really feel like that's not part of the story that we're told about her. Like, because you can picture this person in modern day, like we have these equivalents and like thinking about Marilyn Monroe being like a Lindsay Lohan type or something, which is a little different because she was a child star, but still like the the youth and the ways like society like idolizes someone and then is kind of like over them the second they have some sort of problem. She also had a, a bunch of medical issues. She underwent surgery for endometriosis and collected you know what I liked also was about the, the the neighbors chiming in about her odd behavior. It feels like, you know, we have that app called Nextdoor. Like maybe if they had Nextdoor back then, could have been helpful. Also, they were like d- at their window, tr- like waiting for her to come out clearly. Because they're like, I only saw her twice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. She lived near- it was also so weird that she's living in like a, weird, a little two bedroom bungalow at that time. Well, I looked it up and it was a nice two bedroom oh, okay. bungalow. <laughs> it had a pool. It was like a Spanish style, kind of like Hacienda ish. It's one of those two bedrooms, 14 bathroom. Kind no, of no, no. It was small. It was small, but it was it, it was in Brentwood. And and you can look it up online. You want me to read through what we have so far? We got childhood yeah. trauma, Gladys Pearl Baker, who's her mom, foster care system, mental health, or I guess mental health 1930, whatever, like lack of mental health, sexism and exhaustion. Now, we should talk about the drug that was actually in her system that actually killed her. It was Nembutol. How do you Nembutol. say that, Chris? Nembutol, I think. Nembutol. That was the bottle, the empty bottles that were found in in her room. And this drug is anticonvulsant 
and sedative. It can treat tension, anxiety, nervousness, and trouble falling asleep. It can help patients relax before surgery or medical procedures. In addition, it can treat epilepsy and other seizures. It's a controlled substance and can cause paranoid or suicidal ideation and impair memory, judgment, and coordination. Combining with other substances, particularly alcohol, can slow breathing and possibly lead to death. Well, that's so interesting because I feel like there's no um, proof of her having seizures or anything like that. And so it seems like that those pills were just given to her, prescribed to her because she wanted sedatives. Well, this is part of the, like, you know, there are a lot of um, theories about what actually happened to her and was it suicide or um, was she killed or what, what happened? There's not a lot of answers. And to me, the, the, the one thing that was very interesting was that two things. Now, she had these bottles that were apparently perfectly closed in her room. So she took, there were multiple bottles and closed them, each one of them, after she took the pills. The other thing was that there was no water or anything to drink them with. There, and she was known to um, drink her pills, like wash them down with champagne. That's how she took her That's medicine. totally cool. <laughs> Very classy. <laughs> Which is actually the only way I'm going to take my vitamins or every anything morning. from now on. <laughs> but there was no water or champagne in her room, which to me is crazy. How, how do you take possibly 47 pills well now we're other now thing. we're crossing over into the conspiracy okay. theory i know element, Wait, which we is don't good go Maybe, to, no but i think we should, we should talk go there. about them so apparently she didn't have any pill residue in her uh liver or her stomach mm. look she wasn't found until six to eight hours later usually when someone overdoses like that um they find traces of the actual well pill. i have to say like in, in the organ. picturing so initially i'm like well the door was locked from the inside and they broke a window to get in to find her and for at first i was like that means that some she did something on her side of the door but then now that you're saying this it's like well that would be a really great way to make it seem like the person had done that like you you break the window and lock the door from the inside and then you're like oh she was in here and i mean mm-hmm. oh now we're so do you want to talk about the sort of back story to what the main conspiracy theory is i know we've all probably heard yeah, this before yeah okay so i think in order to understand where these relation uh conspiracy theories stem from we have to understand her relationship with the kennedy According to The Independent, was Monroe driven to despair by the recent end of her love affair with President Kennedy? So just a few months before, on May 19th, she had done the famous happy birthday to, to, to John F. Kennedy, and he had abruptly cut off the relationship. And now let's take a quick break to hear what Ali Siegel and Melissa Stetton of the Web Crawlers podcast have to say about JFK and his connection to Marilyn. So Marilyn was having um, alleged affairs with both JFK and Bobby Kennedy and her famous uh, happy birthday, Mr. President uh, performance was two months before she quote yeah. unquote, died uh, from suicide. And JFK apparently was really embarrassed and really upset um, about that whole performance. Because uh, they were, like, having this secret affair, and he was like, what the hell are you doing? 
Yeah. What are you What are you doing? What? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Get back in yeah. there. Easy, easy. You can't, you can't sing like that. Um, and she was yeah. also super in love with Bobby Kennedy and wanted him to leave his wife. Um, and so she was threatening to tell all these secrets. And then also Marilyn, I'm sure you went over this, had this diary. Uh, yeah. This, this red diary where she wrote about all of her affairs and things like that. And she was uh, threatening to tell uh, everything and disclose all these affairs. So then uh, one of our theories is that JFK or Bobby Kennedy uh, or the CIA had her killed before uh, she could disclose all the secrets. Because Bobby Kennedy eventually was going to run for president. Right. And it was like, you can't have, a you know, Bobby Kennedy and all these affairs come out would like tarnish his reputation. Cause back then it was like presidents weren't supposed to cheat on their wives as now it's like accepted, but back then it would ruin his career. Yeah. So they're like, we can't have this. I did read somewhere that Jackie Kennedy, uh, Jackie O was, uh, very embarrassed as well. Oh, I guess from that birthday party. Yes. Clearly. Yeah. And Marilyn yes. appeared to be like incredibly inebriated while yeah. she was singing that. So I think that she, Although she obviously did have a problem with pills and medication, and I, she, I don't think that that's, I don't think that she overdosed. Uh, I think it was obviously a murder, but she obviously did have to take a lot of pills uh, and drinking or whatever that night in order to even get through it. Because I think it was really hard for her. She was having an affair with this guy and then Mm -hmm. saying a happy birthday in front of like his wife, you know, like his brother and his brother's wife. Like it was a hard situation for her. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
So Marilyn was known to keep a little black book documenting all of her affairs and conversations. And at the time of her death, Hollywood rumors were circulating that she was about to announce a press conference the following Monday. Oh, that's crazy. This is at the same time that um, they're uh, trying. There's this plot to kill Castro. And they're. Apparently, could have been some pillow talk that happened, and she might have known some information that she had written down in her little black book that they desperately didn't want to come out. I I think this is a very good conspiracy theory, kind of. Well, I mean, I feel like we can put the Kennedys up on the board, and I mean... I know what you're going to say, but I think we could put Castro and communism (laughs) up on the board as well. (laughs) Every single board. Somehow they're up there. Um, And then what about the people that she was with that night? Is it worth like like her psychiatrist and then... The Eunice Murray. So she's this housekeeper that's hired by the psychiatrist who is also a questionable character. First of all, he's the one who is the first the the housekeeper calls him instead of an ambulance and he's the one who had prescribed her the drugs. Got to put him up I on mean, the board. Yeah. Got to put him up on the board. Yeah, What's absolutely. Uh Greenson. Well, like when you think about Michael Jackson where the doctor is on trial because he's the person who prescribed this stuff that is ultimately what killed For him. For sure. It's like yeah, that guy is to blame, but also like the incredible history leading up to that point that would lead Michael to need that medication or whatever. It's like, it's so beyond that one person. Yeah. But the psychiatrist did not seem like he had her best interest at heart. If anything, he seems kind of like a clinger. Well, and the fact that he would visit her every single day um, and then was the one that hired this person to keep an eye on her, essentially. It felt like he was a, he had a controlling, he was a controlling yeah. force. Anyone visiting every single day is too much. Okay, anything else we want to throw up on the board? Something to be considered is possibly Arthur Miller and this divorce. You know, she was coming from a bad five-year marriage. So she was very um, self-conscious about her, you know, she dropped out of high school at age 15, very self-conscious about her intelligence and was always like trying to get movie roles that were of higher caliber. And she saw Arthur Miller, who was, you know, highbrow. She was very proud of of having mm. been married to him. And and apparently, though, it was a bit of a trigger for her to be married to him because he was a constant reminder of like... Oh, wow. Uh, it, was, it was very hard for her self-esteem to yeah. be married to him. Yeah, just glancing that's, that's, at his Wikipedia. I mean, Pulitzer Prize, <laughs> Kennedy Center Honor. I mean, yeah, she can't keep up with that shit. <laughs> Do we want to say the Arthur Miller marriage or the Arthur Miller divorce? You know what I mean? I feel like right. both. Like it seems like the marriage, marriage yeah, is yeah, the yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, both. Yeah. Okay, so we got yeah. Arthur Miller's marriage and divorce. Do we want to throw up uh, um, our boy uh, Joe DiMaggio up there, or do we want to? Uh, I don't think give, I, give DiMaggio a was a, a friend of, for life, uh, and he never married after her. And apparently, he was spent the rest of his life uh, in love with Marilyn. And one of his last words were, "Now I get to go see Whoa. Marilyn when he died." I also feel like we have to put up fame. Yeah. No, you're right. And they, you know, again, the paparazzi were not good to her. The the press was, you know, would be on her side and then 
totally against her. It couldn't have been easy. It's kind of all connected, like the exhaustion, the insecurity. It all goes back to this need for fame. And she must have felt a lot of pressure to keep people happy and to keep being this character of Marilyn Monroe. Um, So I really do think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, Chris, will you refresh us? So who's to blame for the death of Marilyn Monroe? Childhood trauma, Gladys Pearl Baker, her mom, foster care system, mental health in the 30s and 40s, sexism, exhaustion, Kennedy bros, Castro regime, Ralph Greenson, Arthur Miller marriage and divorce, or the big F, fame. (laughs) It's a big, it's a doozy of a list. Doozy. I don't even know where we start. I think we can take off the Castro regime. (laughs) Very tertiarily. Okay, I think you're right. After that, it's like, where do you go from there? Well, like, I feel like my instinct is childhood trauma to take no, it out to to focus on that like i think like that's such an important thing that affects people so deeply in ways like you that are like impossible to even explain and so it's like this deep rooted yeah. feeling of not being good enough or you know that you are in service of other people and you're not your own person or all these different things that she might kind of ex- have experienced plus then the yeah. super fame that she reached so like i kind of think it's like my argument would be for childhood plus fame that like the combination of those two is like so deadly if you are if you don't have a support system it is a deadly mix i agree and i would say if i were to because a, a lot of that i think to Lauren's point is can a lot of this sort of these choices, like even marrying Arthur Miller or, you know, the exhaustion or it, it all, or the, her relationship with the Kennedy brothers, it all can kind of stem from this sort of, this sort of experience she had as a kid and this sort of weird mixed signals she got in terms of like how to, how both like her sexuality is her problem and it's her mm-hmm. only sort of solution or something mm. like, um, so you're thinking we, t- at least for now, cross off Kennedy and well, uh, I don't know. I mean, Arthur yeah. Miller. I mean, I mean, in all fairness, it, if it wasn't them, it would have been. It could have been someone yeah. else. Right. It was. Um, it's not really the, the issue. Was yeah. deeper. It's not really the person who was there last necessarily. Exactly. I I do think we got to keep uh, the uh, the psychiatrist up on. The board I do a too. I do too because. Okay. He's sketch. Yeah. All right, I'm crossing so off Arthur, Arthur Miller. Arthur Miller and Kennedy. All right, and there's I a whole other podcast. Exhaustion. There's a whole other version. You want to take out exhaustion? Yeah, I think it feels so. like a yeah. cover word yeah. for something anyway. Yeah. yeah. So the Kennedy bros are off. I mean, there's a whole other podcast where we can get into the conspiracy of the Kennedy brothers having killed Marilyn Monroe, but maybe another <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole, th- like, multiple series we can do on just the Kennedys. Yeah. Um, so we still have childhood trauma, Gladys Baker, the mom, foster care system, mental health in the 30s and 40s, sexism, and fame. Her mom just seems like a victim. I was going to say, yeah. So we, I, I don't, we can't blame them. I mean, she really was a victim of the mental health um, care system. Yeah. Mm. That feels unavoidable at the time, considering her issues. Yeah. I mean, for me, the foster care system, it's like, what What do we think, though? Is it more the foster care system or the mental health uh, care system in the in the 30s and 40s? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm sure I'm Both sure I wouldn't want to be a part of either one at the time. Um, the foster care system seemed like I I only can guess what that experience would have been like for her, but just being shuttled around to different places and not really having like a you know stable family life when you also already have experienced watching your mother deal with like paranoid schizophrenia and like um you've had sexual assault as a child like it's horrifying so there probably was never a feeling of safety for her even if she ended up in a good foster home for a period of time, there's still the feeling of anything can happen at any time, kind of. Well, I think we can put foster care system and mental health under childhood mm-hmm. trauma. So I think we can cross those out. And so we're left with the four big ones, childhood trauma, sexism, the psychiatrist, and fame. I'll say I think sexism, while yeah. I hate it, and I do <laughs> want to get it in the jail at some point, I don't know if it's exactly to blame for her death because obviously there was a complicated relationship there between Marilyn Monroe and sexuality, but I just feel like the other ones are a little bit better suited. Yeah. I think we can take that off as well. I think that's a good point. Okay. So it feels like this psychiatrist was someone who was taking advantage of her. Yeah. When you said that he was visiting her every day, it's like, why? Like, it didn't seem like, from the story, it didn't feel like she was having a rapid decline where someone would need to be with her every day. Like, she was, like, functioning in society, and I don't know if she was working up to her death, but she just was having the affair with Kennedy, so it's like, things were going fine. And this man is, like, there (laughs) every day, and then she dies, presumably, from taking some of these pills it's really hard to leave him out of the equation. Yes. And as a medical professional, like where your job is, is to take care of the mental well-being of someone. I think that he let her down in a major way. Yeah, You could argue too, though, that yeah. the reason why she was medicating herself and using drugs was because <laughs> of the childhood trauma <laughs> that she was still dealing with. So I do think there's a case to be made that at the root of all of this, might be the childhood trauma. Well, and you also have to think about other examples of people who that wasn't the case for. Like when I think about one of my favorite people, Oprah, she had a lot of childhood trauma. She was raped by a um, essential, um, almost a family member and had a pregnancy that then she gave birth to and the baby died. So at 13 or 14, she had like abuse in her family and wasn't living like as a child she was like separated from her mother and sent to live with other family members where there was abuse and then she became oprah and so what is that journey to fame versus this journey where like i mean oprah's journey was like a slower progression but still she had a lot of childhood trauma that she was dealing with which could have affected her completely negatively and made her a drug addict i mean right you know i mean that would have been fair for that to happen but she went a totally different path. And like this Marilyn Monroe path, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it is like, I, I want to say you blame that. But then I also can go, well, there are examples of that not leading to that, of course. I think you make an 
exceptional point and i and for me it's like lack of gale came <laughs> she didn't have and a I gale think that's the You're variable right. she, she didn't have her have gale. A friend we don't even know like yes <laughs> no she didn't she had to have this companion like she's a 35 year old woman imagine someone you know who's 35 who needs a caretaker yeah right that's so young i mean that's like, another thing too like when you i think i like along with my liza minnelli like block in my head when I see someone mainly in black and white, I have a hard time like associating them with like my current age. <laughs> but like we're the same age basically. So that if, if I saw Marilyn Monroe with those problems and I'm 34, yeah, I'm like, what's going on? Like, you know, <laughs> no one really like stood up yeah. for her. No one. She she didn't have a friend she could confide in. I mean, I, I think you you make a really good point. So. I don't think it's the trauma or the almost the fame. It's like the lack of support. Yeah. I feel us narrowing in on the doctor. Does that feel right? Well, and I do think if it was happening now, he would be the person who would go to trial. Yes, I do think so. Yeah. Right? Like they always take mm-hmm. the doctor. I'm, like it feels like, OK, yeah. well, you are the person who gave them this medication. Why did you do that? And if it is the wrong, you know, medication for her diagnosis, then he is the most lethal element it's so hard because i just think well she was on this path already when she got to him like he it wasn't a responsible thing for him to do when he gave her that medicine and almost like kept her sedated yeah okay i'm thinking tell me what you think i think ralph greenson the psychiatrist we send him to jail and we give childhood trauma the big slap i think i agree with you that like he is the person who gave the pills and if that's what she died from then i want but i but we don't know there's also that just that grain of doubt with what you said about like there being no pills in her stomach or whatever the thing was like okay so maybe she didn't even take them and it was kind of like staged like but then it's like a mystery how she died so i can't really get behind that so yeah i think i have to give i'm going to put him in jail i'm going to give the slap to fame i'm gonna give the slap to fame Ooh, i you know what i kind of what you know what we could do is um childhood trauma gets the cheek and then uh fame gets i the like back, that i like the backhand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so, we're sending the psychiatrist to jail really? yeah oh. <laughs> what do you think amanda i'm constantly shocked and surprised around here but i like it <laughs> I love that. I like the slap in the backhand. It feels because it feels like you can't just take one. We need both of them to get punished. That's right. Yeah, it's settled. Childhood trauma, you're getting the slap. Fame, you're getting the backhand. Doctor Ralph Greenson, you're going to the alarmist jail. I think he's I'm dead. Sure, I'm sure. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, who knew that this one was going to be so complicated? I know. This one was interesting. I actually think I have more respect for Marilyn Monroe than I did before coming into this. After Marilyn's death, in 1962, the county coroner ruled Marilyn's death a suicide by drug overdose. But another review was ordered in 1982 after a Los Angeles private investigator argued that she was murdered by a dissident faction of the CIA or a similar group. The district attorney concluded that Marilyn Monroe either killed herself or accidentally overdosed. According to the LA Times, 
Joe DiMaggio remained devoted to Monroe's memory, caring for her Westwood grave site, and carrying a lifelong resentment against the movie community and others he felt misused her. Marilyn Monroe remains an icon. I want to be loved by you, just you, nobody else but you. I want to be loved by you alone. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at thealarmistthe on Twitter, at thealarmistpodcast on Instagram, or email us at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the 2010 Chilean mining accident. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.